630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. I don't know about you, but there are people in my neighborhood with their Christmas lights on tonight. Too early or not? November 16th? I'm not sure. I do know this. This would have been the week of the Grey Cup. We would have been counting down to the game in Regina. Now the Canadian Football League is saying, hey, we're still going to throw whatever type of a party that we can. They've got Grey Cup Unite going on online. Ton of events scheduled throughout the week. We will talk about that in a few minutes with a very entertaining and dedicated gentleman. Jeff McQuinney is the keeper of the Grey Cup. That's actually his job title. That sounds pretty cool. Hey, Jeff, what do you do for a living? Oh, I just uh, kind of go around the country with this with this trophy. Yeah, not bad. He's, uh, he's a really cool guy. I've had the chance to talk to him before. He will check in tonight in about 10 minutes. We'll also hear from Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Solomon Elamimian is on the show. He's the president of the CFL Players Association. They've had their issues and their gripes throughout the process of this lost season. So we'll get the latest straight from the president of the CFLPA. And tonight is the kickoff of Green and Gold Grey Cup Week here on Inside Sports. And we're going to be joined by Brian Kelly, one of the all-time greats for the Double E, played for them late 70s into the early 80s. He will check in at 7.05 tonight. And don't forget, between 7.30 and 8 on the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic, you will hear the winning name for the 6.30 Jed ultimate virtual gray cup house party this is where dave and morley come to your house and eat all of your junk oh sorry that was last year's promotion uh the ultimate virtual gray cup house party you're gonna get the ultimate at home experience delivered by the team mascot punter you get 500 bucks worth of double e gear a hundred dollar gift card for save on foods hundred dollars worth of skip the dishes gift cards plus an additional four forty dollars skip the dishes gift cards to be shared with four friends we were giving out code words all week last week well the winner announced tonight between 7 30 and 8 so we're really excited about that if you would like to get in touch tonight feel free to do so you can call me or text me 780-496-0063. I'm on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And the email is inside sports at 630chet.com. Okay, Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, spoke today. And he made some comments about a 2021 season schedule. As soon as... I see that we've got sign-off from all of our stakeholders. Uh, we're going to publish a schedule very, very soon. So we're excited. We've got a schedule planned for 2021. We're excited about that schedule. And, uh, and I would say in the not-too-distant future, CFL fans uh, from coast to coast to coast will get a chance to, you know, kind of pick their spots, mark their calendars, and make sure that they're going to be, uh, you know, front and center for CFL football in 2021. All right. Well, that's interesting. So they plan on rolling out a schedule for 2021, which in the last uh, few years has come out in December. It used to be a February release for the schedule. Uh, I'm trying to think at least the last couple of years, it has been out before Christmas. So Ambrosi says, we're going to put it out. So if they're putting it out, that means they must think they're going to play. Well, I suppose you want to have a schedule. You don't want to wait too long, but, but it will be cool to see a schedule for the CFL and Ambrosi also commented on scenarios 
for the 2021 season. The scenario that we'll ultimately go with will with you know is yet to be determined, and some of it so it is obviously going to be informed by you know how uh, this health crisis plays out. Uh, what we are what we have done is we've is we've modeled up several scenarios. So now that gives us a broad context from you know from the most optimal to the least optimal. What we're attempting to do now is start the process of zeroing in on a scenario, one that we can really plan in a very detailed way that will allow us to talk to all of our partners. It'll allow us to share, you know, our, our plans with all of our partners and enter into productive discussions with all of our partners. So, you know, there's still more work to be done to select that one scenario, which would be scalable to do more, uh, play more games or less games. But, uh, but that's coming. But again, I think the announcement of the second vaccine today only serves to give us more optimism that it's the right time now to start zeroing in on a specific scenario to get back to play in 2021. All right. So there you heard it. I, I think the door open there that uh, you could put out a schedule that would still work if it needs to be reduced in the number of games that it includes for the past well, about, uh, what are we at now, 35 years, we have had 18 games to a CFL season. I, I do think there's a, there's a chance they could schedule fewer games this year or, or at least be prepared to do so. The 2021 Grey Cup to be in Hamilton, this year's game that was supposed to be in Regina, will now be played there in 2022. So um, he touched on it a little bit there, but uh, Ambrosi said that there are plenty of reasons to be optimistic for a 2021 season. It's hard to ignore that there is some good news uh, happening. You know, first, uh, uh, you know, we had Pfizer come out with its vaccine this morning. We woke up to the wonderful news that Moderna has, uh, as as uh, per, they look like they've got a virus or a vaccine, I should say. And so there's lots of reasons to feel optimistic about uh, 2021. And yes, we've got to look after ourselves. We've got to look after each other. We've got to get through this, um, you know, through this pandemic. There's lots of reasons to feel good about 21 and our teams want to play. All right. So those are really the highlights from Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, who spoke earlier today. Says they're going to put out a schedule, says there are reasons to be optimistic for a season. And uh, as you said, I think that they are going to plan, but also plan to have to adjust as we move into the new year and then the spring and the summer when the Canadian Football League would be kicking off. All right, so uh, we'll touch a little bit more on what Ambrosi said. We'll get reaction from the Players Association. Solomon Elamimian is going to check in a little bit later on. We'll have, uh, we'll have some laughs, though, and talk about Grey Cup Unite with the keeper of the cup, Jeff McQuinney, when we get back. Smith back on a one-year deal as we await news from the NHL about the start of their next season. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi says he's optimistic about a next season in the Canadian Football League. We just played some of his comments from earlier today. Monday Night Football just underway. The 3-5 and five Vikings visiting the 5-4 and four Chicago Bears wearing their alternate orange jerseys on home field today. You may have seen the reverse retro jerseys Released today by the National Hockey League, the Oilers with a uh, white jersey with a lot of orange trim. Reverse, ve- reverse retro to me 
sounds like a like doesn't it if if it's retro isn't it already reverse i don't know i'm not a wordsmith and also later on tonight, we will have a, a quick recap of the opening weekend in the Alberta Junior Hockey League from Brendan Escott. And don't forget, Brian Kelly will kick off Green and Gold Grey Cup Week at 7.05 tonight. will be awesome to have Brian on the show. We welcome back to Inside Sports, the man with one of the coolest job titles in the entire land, the keeper of the Grey Cup, Jeff McQuinney is on the line. Jeff, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Uh, good, Reed. Good to be back. Uh, 6.30, Chad's always been a lot of fun to have uh, some great CFL banter. Well, we appreciate you checking in. Uh, it was great to meet you a couple of uh, years ago when the when the Grey Cup game was here. And uh, I, I want to talk about some things going on this week because the CFL is still throwing a party, even though it's uh, different circumstances. But just, just to kind of reintroduce yourself to people who maybe don't remember or are hearing you for the first time, uh, how in the heck do you get such a cool job to be a keeper of the Cup? Well, in 1976, I'm, I'm in grade six, and I'm, do a, I'm getting a, a project ready. And they said, listen, you're going to do Krebs cycle. You're going to either do you know, uh, glycolysis. And I said, listen, I'd like to do it on the Grey Cup. Well, my dad is a 54 Grey Cup champion, and I thought this was really cool. And I, so I did something different. Rather than talk about the X's and O's, I talked about how each plate and each team and the guys on the plate affected our country and what they did. Army Kwong, you know, ultimately, you know, at this particular time, he was, he was a great businessman, but then he ended up being a lieutenant governor. But we had, you know, premiers of provinces we've had, but it, it just told us about our country, that it gave us a great opportunity to think about, you know, the Constitution, the men behind the plates of the Grey Cup. And that's where it came from. And I, but uh, in 2009, I was asked to, I was volunteering with the Canadian Football Hall of Fame and it just landed in my lap. We got into a conversation. It was going back and forth, uh, story for story. And they thought, when were you born? 1909? Because I had these <laughs> stories. That, and uh, and uh, even Brian Hall wasn't doing commentary back then. So we, ha- we had an opportunity there to really exchange great CFL history and what these guys did beyond the gridiron. And I fell in love well- yeah, well, and you're an incredible representative of the Canadian Football League, I can tell you that. And hey, look, we know this is a week, it's it's usually the big party. Edmonton has done a great job hosting on several occasions. It brings people from coast to coast together. Obviously, no game this year. We can't gather like we uh, we have been able to in the past, but the CFL is saying, hey, we still got to celebrate the game and celebrate the country graycupunite.ca um i i've i've signed in for an account there just you kind of tell a little people people a bit about this initiative jeff and maybe some of the highlights coming up this week so graycupunite.ca is first of all registration is very easy um you'll walk it through it's very easy to get on it you'll be able to see some of the cool things that what we would normally be walking into whether it's the spirit of edmonton something with toronto you know the lion's den um the stampeders program uh, that stamps house we got touchdown manitoba but they're all doing it virtually now the cool thing is if when, when you look at it look at the bonuses now for edmonton you got to look at the 14 they have 14 days of glory really the 14 days of great cup it was they, they talk about each one of the great cups and the highlights of it you know and my dad being on the 54 team you know it, it excites me to see you know jackie parker normie kwong johnny bright you know earl lindley you know, all these great names that did something. And you, you cascade up into, you know, right to 215, which was my first great cup. 
in uh, 215, I, I was, uh, uh, my, my inaugural was pr one of the coolest feelings in the world was to walk out with the, uh, with the RCMP. It was pretty cool. And so experiencing that, knowing what the 54 was and then seeing the 14th Grey Cup that you, you guys put on, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, and, and there's there's a lot going on throughout the week. So greatcupunite.ca is still a great chance to to connect with with great moments, great fans across the country. So I do encourage people to, to check that out. And, and you know, Jeff, it, it's it's tough, obviously. It's it's been a tough year for sports fans. A lot of events canceled or moves or moved around or shortened, and we didn't get to have a CFL season nor a great cup. But you know what? It, it's happened before. Uh, we, you got to go back a long time, and it was the First World War. There was there was nothing handed out from 1916 to 1919. So so after that right. game in 1915, uh, we didn't have a game for a while. Well, 1915, we had that was kind of an interesting thing that we're doing a virtual virtual Grey Cup now because in 1915 we had a different line of communication of when Hamilton beat Toronto. They actually had carrier pigeons taking from Toronto Varsity Stadium to Hamilton to, to actually uh, display the score of 13-7. And that was one of the cool things. And that was the last game before, the last Grey Cup game before uh, we went to war in 1916. So the, or we, went, we were already in war, but we suspended the play. And we came back in the first Western province, the Western team was the Edmonton uh, Football Club. Uh, referenced the, the Elks um, in 1921, which was the first competition between the East and West rivalry. And uh, then we we cascaded a little further forward, so we we're no we're no stranger to interruptions. In 1942, 1943, and 1944, World War II. But I'll tell you guys, we are we, no stranger to this. We can do this. You know, we have some of the greatest uh, constitutions on our Great Cup. We have 3,851 names on there. We have a hundred over 100,000 guys have gone through this uh, through this league. And we are so encouraged by some of the programs they put together for us. Some of the, you know, we have our first woman on the Grey Cup now. Um, you know, and it's opened so many diverse lines. So we have to be proud of this thing. It's just not about the gridiron. It's the greatest locker room we've got. It's the greatest storybook we have. Uh, so, you know, you're going to get me going on something, and I'm going to take your whole show. So I'm going to tell you, Reed. Um, Edmonton has been, have been a huge part of, uh, you know, whenever we've been in trouble, the, we, we've gone through speed bump after speed bump, and we're, we're 2020. If we could put 38 million people on the plate of 2020, um, we would, because there's not one fan in this great Canadian Football League that's a contender. We're all champions. I love the way you put it. You have so much passion for the league, and I love the story about the carrier pigeons in 1915. Well, that takes takes a little longer than refreshing a website or looking at your phone to get a score, but they still they still got it. I, I want to ask you one more, Jeff. You meet sure. so many people, like you literally meet thousands or tens of thousands of football fans, not just in Grey Cup week, but throughout the year. When, when someone sees the cup. What, what's the reaction, or is, is there maybe something that really sticks with you, how somebody reacted when you were there with them and they saw the Grey Cup in person, maybe for the first time? You know, the first time we had it, and it was in Edmonton, uh, um, we were doing a tour uh, with one of our partners, and 
I could probably go through a number of them, but this is probably the one that nailed um, my heartstring. And it just pulled it away, and I, I, and I, was, I was finished at the end of this, this tour because of what happened. Young, young boy comes up. He's uh, white canated. Cannot see the cup, but he's coming. He's got his Edmonton jersey on. And we, we had a conversation, so I, I stopped the line, and I walked over, and I, I took him by the, uh, by the hand, and you know, he held onto my arm. was very respectful to his, um, his challenge. So we sat him down, and I stopped the line, and I t- took his hand, and I said, I'm going to tell you about the cup. And so I, what I did was I took the, his fingers and, and followed him over the inscription of the Great Cup, presented by His Excellency Earl Grey for the Dominion Canadian Championship of, of Canada. And, and then we started working to all the Great Cup championships on everyone that Edmonton had won to that date. That was what I realized that, well, that was my job. And this is what's so great about this country is that you change. It's no longer, it's no longer a disability. It's just a different ability. And we just have to, we love each other. And we're at a point right now that we're, we're in trouble. And we need in every aspect of this of our country is to pull together, thank our frontline workers, and let's get back and play some football next year. Jeff, that's an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for all the work you do with the Grey Cup and the Canadian Football League in, in uniting our country. And again, it is greycupunite.ca. I encourage fans to check that out. Hey, enjoy the week, Jeff. I know it's going to be different for you, but I know you're going to be yeah. spending all the energy you have uh, to put a smile on people's faces whenever you can. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Rick. God bless you, and God bless this great locker room of Canada, brother. That is Jeff McQuinney. That is the keeper of the Grey Cup, that, and that story he told I, I, I had not heard before, and that is a that is a beautiful story. Um, the young man comes up with a with a white cane, and uh, and Jeff takes his hand and guides it over the Eskimo Championships, over the Edmonton Championships on the Grey Cup. That is absolutely beautiful. It's six twenty seven. Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> Touchdown catch for the Minnesota Vikings. They open the scoring. Monday night football. The Vikings taking on the Bears. Six nothing. Six and a half minutes left in the first quarter. The point after the touchdown still to come. The Vikings coming in at three and five. The Bears sitting at five and four. A lot of football talk today. Remember between seven thirty and eight on the Double E Football Team Coaches Show with Milanovic and Morley. Dave Campbell's going to hop on as well, and they will announce the winner of the 6.30 Ched Ultimate Virtual Grey Cup House Party. So that's coming up between 7.30 and 8. You may have heard a code word on this show last week or on 6.30 Ched Mornings. You may have gone to the contest page and entered that in, and you may be a candidate to win the grand prize. You will find out between 7.30 and 8. Also, Green and Gold Grey Cup Week kicks off with one of the all-time greats, to where the green and gold receiver Brian Kelly is coming up in half an hour. But a lot of talk about what's going on for next year, as this is the week of the Grey Cup. You heard some comments from Commissioner Randy Ambrosi 
earlier in the show. Our next guest is quite simply one of the best players in the CFL over the last decade. He was Rookie of the Year in 2010. He was the Outstanding Player in 2014. He was the Outstanding Defensive Player in 2014 and 2016. I could list off all the years he's been an All-Star, but then we wouldn't have any time to talk to him. Please welcome to the show, linebacker Solomon Elaminium. Solomon, how are you doing? Hey, Reid, I'm doing good. Thanks for the uh, warm welcome and the great introduction. Hopefully we can add uh, player... Um, on the 21 season as well to that, uh, Alyssa, thanks. Well, yeah, you're right. The, the commissioner spoke very optimistically today, which which I'm not surprised to hear from Randy. He, he tries to be upbeat and, and, and present a strong face to the fans. Um, tell me, after what you heard Randy say today about next year, about vaccines, about putting out a schedule, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, optimism is good. Um, I think we all need to be optimistic, um, but also a little bit realistic as well. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, what we thought, um, what I thought is, you know, we, we kind of want a hard commitment of a 21 season. I think our fans, you know, want to get back to watching the game. Our players definitely want to get back to work. And, you know, there's a litany of uh, a lot of people, you know, that the CFL um, employs that, you know, want to return back to work. So, um, we're all hoping that a 21 season can happen. Are, are you prepared, Solomon, to play a shortened season if it came to that? This fall, they were talking about maybe even only playing six games. I mean, what if they said, okay, we're going to do it, but we can only do 14 or, or 16 instead of 18? Is, is the PA open to that kind of scenario? Uh, definitely, 100%. Um, the PA was open to that scenario. Actually, we had a deal. Uh, that was a done deal um, this last summer when um, the PA and the league successfully negotiated, amended uh, 2020 Hub City. Uh, that was successful. Um, it was um, a scenario that would have our players work, and it was a safe environment uh, in the Hub City in Winnipeg. But unfortunately, um, you know, the league chose not to go that route, and you know, we just want to make sure that what happened in 2020 doesn't happen in 21. Solomon, what were some of the biggest areas of disappointment for you about there not being a season? I, obviously, the fact that you didn't get to play in itself, but you know that that sort of journey and some of the stumbling blocks. What sort of maybe still um, sticks with you about that? Well, the hardest part was as soon as the league made the decision, we um, immediately um, had a town hall meeting where we had to notify over 500 members that. Um, they were essentially going to be laid off and we weren't going to have a 2020 season. And obviously the questions came, you know, made the questions, you know, focus on what do the players do from there. And, you know, family in terms of making decisions that's best for the family. Those are all hard, uh, hard, you know, kind of discuss with them. So I think, you know, that was something that, you know, I feel like we don't want to repeat because like I said before, we had a negotiated successful um you know, 2020 amended, you know, um, uh, CBA. And we, we know there's a lot of challenges the league, you know, is facing right now. But, um, you know, other leagues, big and small, found a way to play. And we feel like the CFL is a great league and we can't go another year without playing. Well, yeah, I, I hear you there for sure. And I think I think the people definitely, definitely want the league back. How would you describe right now the relationship between the Players Association and the league? Because it really seemed like that there were some maybe uncomfortable moments last or during the summer. Um, well, 
I would say this. I think that there's going to be times that, you know, there's going to be some contention between us and the league, but ultimately our goal should be the same, to make sure that the CFL is a, you know, it's a league that is successful, a league that's stable, and not trying to survive from crisis to crisis. And I think that's, you know, our goal from the PA is making sure that there are things that are done structurally on their side, whether it's, it's cost um, on the administration side, whether it's structure, making sure that, you know, the head office is making the decision that's best for the CFL. Maybe not having nine teams making um, decisions that's best for that team, but ultimately it needs to come from the head office. So I would say that, you know, one of the, the issues that I see is, you know, maybe they have to find consensus amongst themselves in order for us to move, move forward because, you know, when we have had successful partnerships, it's when they brought us in in the fold and we were able to put things on table and, you know, iron out, you know, for instance, you know, um, Pat of Praxis, uh, Randy, our commissioner did a great job with Brian Ramsey and, you know, negotiating, um, removing Pat of Praxis from practice, which reduced 40% uh, of injuries. So those are things that we can highlight as partnership, but only, it only can be achieved when it's done together. Does there need to be some sort of revenue sharing between the teams? And I know maybe we don't know exactly what every team makes, but certainly with Edmonton and a couple of the other community-owned teams, we, we, we get to see the books. And it's not a it's not a billion-dollar uh, business by by any point. But but you know we always hear that there are two or three teams that maybe don't do as well. Would the players like to see some sort of revenue sharing? Uh, yes, we'd be on board with revenue sharing. We think that uh, those are the one of the, the core principles that I think would help the league be stable in, in terms of, you know, financially is revenue sharing. So we'd be 100%, um, you know, for that, and we feel like that would help the business um, to thrive. And, and when you bring that up, how how far does it go down the track? Um, well, we, we've made those suggestions before with, with the league. I know that um, since the season was canceled, there are folks on their side, you know, making sure that they're stable on the business side of things. So those are questions you have to ask Rand and Lee. But, you know, from our aspect, we feel that revenue sharing is one of the things that could help the league become stable. Um, it's one of the things we identified and hopefully is one of the things that they implement. Solomon Elamimian joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He's the president of the CFL Players Association. As uh, It is Grey Cup week, and Commissioner Randy Ambrosi was talking about a 2021 season, so we're getting Solomon's input on that as, as well. The, the collective bargaining agreement coming off a season that wasn't, what, would anything have to be amended for 2021 in your mind? Well, yeah, those are things that I think we can all talk about. I think the first domino that needs to fall is the league commit to a 21 season. And once that's done, we can easily work around the parameters on how to facilitate that, whether it needs to be a shortened season, whether it needs to be a hub season, all those things we've done and we've done successfully, as I mentioned before. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, amendments can be made. You know, that's, you know, those are things that we've done and we've done successfully until the league gets back. There's no point of us going any further, right? So that's what we're waiting for. Okay, so, I mean, you mentioned you'd be open to maybe fewer games if that meant. Are the players open to a hub concept? Because I'm sure you followed what the NHL did, and they did it for the playoffs, but a lot of players said, well, the Stanley Cup was the ultimate goal, and only basically two teams had to be in a bubble for the entire 
um, um, two months, and now a lot of NHL players have said, I wouldn't want to do that again. W- what's the CFLPA's stance on possibly being in a hub or in some sort of a bubble? Yeah, that is something that, you know, speaking to our players, and obviously last time around we had surveys where we were surveying our players and asking them different things, and one of those was would they be open to, you know, playing in a bubble? And those came back overwhelming yes. So, you know, I'm here to tell you, you know, as long as 21 season, our players will make the sacrifice that's needed, you know, whether it's, you know, not being as comfortable being in a hotel for, you know, um, a shortened season. I'm sure that's not that's not easy. But, you know, that's a sacrifice our players would be willing to make if they meant getting back on the football field and, you know, providing, uh, bringing revenue to provide for the families. Okay. Well, that's good to hear for sure. Solomon, I, I want to ask you something that, a couple of listeners have have written in to me over the last couple of weeks about the Canadian Football League, and they've said, "Reed, I'm worried that some really good players are going to have to pursue other avenues to to create income for themselves and their families during this lost season, and then maybe won't come back to football in the spring, even though they might have a still still a few years left in them as, as a player. Does that concern you with your membership at all that they might just decide to move on from the game? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I've had you know uh, many players you know text, call, and ask if there's going to be a 21 season because as you know right now the bills don't stop coming. Um, a lot of people have to make hard decisions for their families, right? So. Those are questions that we just can't answer right now because the league really hasn't made a decision, um, which is needed. So um, that's that's the hard part. As you all know, the football career careers are short. I want to say two and a half years to three years. So you could see, you know, some players if you know decide to move on because at the end of the day, it's about providing for their family. And I know players have been, you know, juggling the ideas of whether to move on or to kind of. You know, you know, hang around because they do love this great game. Um, they're able to connect with with many of the fans, and that's one thing that you know I could say our players are you know you know proud of is connecting with the fans and you know doing different outreach programs. So those are all decisions that each player has to uh, take in consideration. Solomon, uh, let, let fans know how you've been keeping busy. Obviously, a, a huge change to your your routine. So, what have you done to stay in shape and, and stay sharp? Or what are you doing football wise? Yeah, so every you know, every morning I pretty much get up. I work out. Um, I'm still um, you know trying to stay vegan, though it is hard because you have to really uh, meal prep. But you know, most of my day I actually stay on the phone. You know, um, my job is present. Um, conjunction with Randy and our executives, our player reps, is to is to you know work um, the best we can to have a 21 uh, season, but also provide resources for the players uh, right now. And we've been doing a lot of things on our uh, CFLPA Academy, which is a uh, a resource center for players to um, you know help them further their education, uh, whether it's jobs and you know health and wellness. And I can. I'm happy to announce that we partnered up with the Oregon State University to add with Athabasca uh, University to, you know, further our players' education as well. So just been busy with the PA, um, providing research for our players and, you know, hoping that we can have a 21 season. Okay. Well, I, I hope so too, Solomon. It's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been odd, especially for me uh, starting around Labor Day. That's when I really started to notice it. And I'm thinking a lot about the, 
the Grey Cup this week and some of the the past uh, classic playoff games and Grey Cups that I've been lucky enough to watch or attend. Before I let you go, uh, you're the expert here. I, I, I feel like I asked you some relevant questions, but is there anything that I might have missed that you would want fans to hear tonight? Uh, no, we just want to really thank the fans. You know, the fans, I, I believe, and our players believe, is what makes this game special, the interactions we have with our fans, and we're definitely missing them right now. We want everybody to stay safe out there, and we're all, you know, hoping and praying that we can have a 21 season, get back on the field, and, and continue that interaction with, with our great fans. Okay. Solomon, thanks for doing this. I know it's been another busy day for you, but we appreciate you talking to everybody here on 630, Chad. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you on the field in 2021. Thanks, Reed. Stay safe. Talk later. Okay, well, that's some good information there from Solomon Elaminium. He's the president of the Canadian Football League Players Association. So a couple of things stuck out to me that uh, they'd be willing to play less than 18 games if it came to that, and they are open to a hub city slash bubble concept in order to have a season. And I think you could hear how disappointed he was that they were not able to play this year. 780-496-0063 is our number to call or text. We'll take a quick timeout on Inside Sports. So you heard from Randy Ambrosi. We had some clips from him. We had Solomon Elamimian live on the show, the president of the CFLPA. They are uh, trying to get something going for 2021, some things to work out. You heard Elamimian pretty disappointed, pretty disappointed that they did not have a season this year. They would have gone with that six-game Hub City concept and played the entire year in Winnipeg, but it didn't happen. Doug texts and he says, Reed, the CFL returning in 2021 would be awesome. I don't see it happening. I think 2022 is a more realistic timeline. Yeah, well, Doug, that's, I mean, obviously I hope you're wrong, and I'm sure you hope you're wrong because you, you said uh, you want it back in, in 2021. I, I, I hope they figure it out. I hope they realize that they, they just can't have another lost season. Uh, I, I think there was a greater will among the players to play than there might have been uh, among some of the owners, and, and they just ultimately couldn't have figured out. It, it's it's too bad because if if they would have gone with six games or, or nine games, maybe I mean they probably already would have played the Grey Cup by now if they would have started, uh, you know, right around Labor Day and had a seven or eight week regular season to the end of. Well, maybe the Grey Cup still would have been this coming weekend, but but you know what I'm saying, and they would have had a chance to be one of the few sports uh, on television. I mean, they're not a get up against the NHL. They're not up against the NBA. They're sure the NFL is going on, but the CFL often plays games on Friday, Saturday, wouldn't be going head to head with the NFL. You could have scheduled games Tuesday and Wednesday even. And I think there would have been a chance to have some, some decent TV audiences because there, there's nothing else going on. But I, I do hope they figure it out. They want to figure it out. They, they want to put out a schedule, which is important, to, I think, to letting sponsors know that they're, they're thinking about coming back. So, yeah, yeah Doug, I, I understand why uh, it's easy to be pessimistic, but uh, I, I do hope that they're able to figure it out. 7-3, Minnesota leading Chicago early in the second quarter on Monday Night Football. Uh, an absolute classic finish yesterday in the NFL. Hopkins to the left, three receivers to the right. Cardinals trail by four. They're out of timeouts. 11 seconds left in the game. First down at the Buffalo 43. 
Now the Bills drop two men back 25 yards downfield. Murray back to throw. Flushed out. Rolling left in trouble. Slips a tackle. Got to launch it. He does. Left side. Into the end zone. Jump ball. And it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in. And the Cardinals lead it 32 to 30 with a second lap. Dave Pash with the call 98 7 Arizona Sports. The Hail Mary. Prayers answered for the Cardinals. They uh, pull out the win against the Buffalo Bills. So we got the Cardinals at 6 and 3. You got the Seahawks at 6 and 3. And uh, you got the Los Angeles Rams. Now at six and three, uh, you know I've I've uh, watched all the Seahawks games this season, and uh, they are my favorite team. And uh, I would suggest that because of the uh, Seahawks defense alone, I would have them the third of those three teams. When you apply the tiebreakers, Arizona's in first, the Rams in second, the Seahawks in third. Uh, the Cardinals and the Seahawks play on Thursday. They played a great Sunday nighter. A few weeks ago, the Rams defense is, is really good. I mean, actually, the Seahawks didn't give up as many points as they they have been in most games this year, but uh, they were only able to get to 16 themselves. Also, the AJHL faced off over the weekend. Here's Brendan Escott. Opening weekend of the 2021 regular season in the books for the Alberta Junior Hockey League and a couple of surprise results to tell you about. Two undefeated teams in the North Division, the Fort McMurray Oil Barons rode back-to-back shutouts from 0-1 Borno to St. Albert goaltender Evan Fredette. They are 2-0 sitting atop the division tied there with the Spruce Grove Saints who got the best of the Sherwood Park Crusaders twice in two attempts in the Suburbs Series, the first installment of this campaign an overtime win on uh, friday night and then a regulation win down the highway on saturday grand prairie storm and bonneville pontiac split their games they're each one and one the lloyd minster bobcats and white court wolverines yet to make their debuts your rookie of the week matthew savoy four points in two games with the sherwood park crusaders and those back-to-back shutouts for fredette they earned him player of the week honors i'm brendan escott that's your ajhl roundup all right, thanks, Brendan. All right, here's what we're going to do. we got a break for the 7 o'clock news and weather. Brian Kelly, one of the all-time greats to wear green and gold, will kick off Grey Cup Week here on Inside Sports. And don't forget, between 7.30 and 8, Morley and Dave will announce the winner of the 6.30 Chad Ultimate Virtual Grey Cup House Party. We're back after the news. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.